When I got home from school, I saw a <gasps> pair of high heels by the door. Thinking that my mom had returned home after 11 years of leaving, I eagerly <laughs> ran inside. Mom? Mom? I pushed open the bedroom door and saw my dad <gasps> hugging a woman. I quickly ran to hug her from behind. Mom, I miss you so much! Suddenly the wig fell and I found that the person hugging my dad was a man. Ugh. Hi, I'm Amanda, 15 years old. I lived with my single dad in California because my parents divorced when I was four. The day she stepped out the door, no matter how much I begged, mom still left us behind. I never knew her reason until just recently. That night, dad told me the shocking truth. He's bisexual. He discovered this a long time ago but couldn't come out to me. But that wasn't all. He told me one more important news. Flynn and I have decided to get married. From now on, he'll stay here with us. For a daughter who had been hoping that one day mom and dad would reunite, even in my wildest dreams, I could never expect my dad to bring back a man and say he would marry him. Could it be... Flynn was the reason my mom decided to leave? Not only that, he was a drag queen. He often wore heavy makeup to perform at the bars. He stood out so much that I thought it was freaky and hated him. Once during the sports festival, the school required each student to bring a parent to participate with them. I impatiently waited for dad to show up, but to my <gasps> horror, Flynn came instead. That meant I would have to do the relay race with him. I was about to hide, but Flynn already saw me. <gasps> Amanda, your dad is busy today, so I'm here instead. At the same time, my PE teacher told the contestants to get in the positions. Liam, my crush, was also in the audience, so I had no choice but to show my best. When the whistle blew, I started running with all my might and got ahead of everyone. But when it was Flynn's turn to run, he quickly lost his stamina. While the other dads had already run past him, he staggered dizzily and accidentally headed towards my way. We crashed into each other and both fell on our butts. Everyone laughed loudly and so did Liam. It made me extremely embarrassed. You're such a weak fag, I hate you. I heavily criticized Flynn, then ran away from the track. Needless to say, my dad got super mad after he knew about that. He made me apologize to Flynn, but I refused to do so. You're grounded. Think about the horrible things you've said. But what about me? I was hurt too. To rebel against them, I threw away the food Flynn cooked and even ruined his makeup to make him unable to work at the drag queen bar. Because of this, the relationship between all of us became even more strained. I wish mom was here to share my feelings. One day, I was reading a book in my room when suddenly I heard a crash coming from downstairs. I quickly ran down and found my dad arguing with a familiar woman. It was my mom. Come on, I just want to stay for a while to see our child. Are you crazy? Get out of my house now. Mommy, don't go. <laughs> I begged my dad to let her stay, but he kept pushing my mom out the door. Seeing that, Flynn decided to give me a hand. Dear, let her stay. Maybe she really wants to make it up for Amanda. Please, Dad. At my pleas and Flynn's support, my dad finally gave in. Yay! You don't know how happy I was because after 11 years apart, my mom was finally by my side again. I was also thankful to Flynn for helping me, so I stopped fighting against him. In the following days, my mom and I reminisced about our time together. I recalled how mom used to send me lunchboxes when I was in elementary school and how I loved the scrambled eggs she made. Hearing that, she happily decided to go into the kitchen to make them again for me. How is it, honey? 
Somehow they were so different from the eggs she made back then. Hmm. Could it be that my taste has changed? But still, I was grateful that she made it for me and we became <laughs> even closer after that. As my birthday was coming up, I decided to use all of my savings to organize a grand birthday celebration. My mom even gifted me a sparkly dress. You're gonna look so pretty in this gown, honey. I loved it so much and hugged her tightly. Suddenly, I saw Flynn standing outside the door, but then he left hastily. Did he just spy on us? Anyway, during my birthday, I proudly wore that beautiful dress to welcome my friends. In the corner of my eyes, I noticed Mom and Flynn chatting in the garden. She said something that made him very happy. It surprised me because I thought they disliked each other. As the most important part of the party arrived, I invited Liam to dance with me and used that chance to confess my feelings. Liam, I like you. Liam looked a bit surprised, then blushed slightly. Me too. Suddenly on stage, Flynn appeared in a drag queen costume and started singing. What was worse, the dress he was wearing was exactly the same as mine. Everyone's eyes were on us and they started whispering. Did he intentionally do that to take my spotlight and humiliate me? Liam got embarrassed and quickly let go of my hand. Furious, I went straight to the stage, grabbed a glass of juice, threw it at his face, and ripped off the dress he was wearing. I never want to see you again, you lunatic. Then I ran away from my own birthday party in tears of shame. The party had to be canceled early because of that incident. That mm. night, my mom snuck into my room and comforted me. I'm very sorry about what happened, honey. Actually, there is something I want to tell you. Flynn and your dad kicked <gasps> me out of the house to keep me from you. I'm here to take you back. It was perfect timing because I had grown sick of this house too. Dad no longer loved me and Flynn was a backstabber. I decided to pack my things and leave the house with my mom. When we went to her apartment right in the middle of the night, unexpectedly, it was a very shabby place. Mom made me a sandwich and told me to wait for her. But strangely, the sandwich had tomatoes, which I've always been allergic to. Mom used to make lunch for me. Why could she make such a fatal mistake now? I ran to find her, but suddenly I saw her talking to a strange man in the living room. You got Amanda? Yep, she's here. She'll definitely choose to stay with me and my stupid ex-husband will have to provide for all of us. What? So my mom took me away just to get support money from my dad? I ran back to my room and immediately called my dad to pick me up. After huh? hearing what I said, he didn't seem too shocked. That woman never changes. She's tricked all of us. She fooled Flynn into thinking that you loved the dress he gifted you so much that you wanted him to wear it too. Turns out that sparkly birthday dress was a present from <gasps> Flynn, not my mom. And worse, from what my dad said, mom was the one who abandoned me and him to follow her lover, not the other way around. I was shocked to learn my mom's true face. Suddenly, a hand grabbed my shoulder. Who are you talking to? Mom, stop acting innocent. I know you're using me. Her face immediately changed colors. She grabbed my phone and smashed it to the ground. I angrily pushed her away. What mother doesn't know that her child has a tomato allergy? So what? I've never cooked for you. Only a good-for-nothing like Flynn would do something like that. Even my lunch was prepared by Flynn? And yet I had always misunderstood him. Suddenly, my mom's lover grabbed me. Thankfully, at that moment, Dad and Flynn kicked the door open. Flynn rushed over to punch that guy and quickly pulled me behind him. Don't ever touch my baby again. Soon after, my mom and her lover were arrested. 
I hugged Flynn tightly and apologized for <gasps> everything I had done. At the end of the day, we all came home safe and sound. Surprisingly, Liam was waiting for me at the door. I'm sorry for letting go of your hand at the birthday party. He told me that he was really shocked at first when Flynn appeared as a drag queen. But after thinking about it, he had decided that he wanted to learn more about me and my family because he wanted to ask me out on a date. It was the <laughs> best outcome ever. Hi everyone, my name is Leslie. I live with my dad. He's a cop and controls my every move. My parents got divorced a few years ago and I've been living with my mom all this time. However, she had to fly out of state for a year for work and I had to move in with my dad who lived in a small town. No, I love my dad, but the whole situation sucked. New town, new schooling classmates, and a new life because my dad is a strict man. My mom didn't let me do much either, of course, but my dad laid out his rules right away when I came to visit. No boys, no long walks, and no parties. Also no short dresses or skirts. Honey, I work with criminals and I know what they can do. I want you to be safe and I don't want you getting involved with anyone, especially Johnson. Who's Johnson? He's your future classmate. I've already checked out all your new classmates. Johnson is a frequent visitor to my station, always getting into trouble. All he can do is fight and steal. Watch out for him. He's not your kind of crowd. And when I saw this Johnson guy, I knew what my father was talking about. Dirty, unkept, very mean and arrogant. Wow, we got a princess over here. He gave me a cheeky smile. I was startled and immediately pepper sprayed him in the face because what my dad said about this guy really affected me. Hey, is that how a princess greets people? The troublemaker was indignant and covered his face with his hands. Everyone just laughed at him and gave me a thumbs up. I thought that such an unconventional introduction would help me avoid Johnson's attention. But after class, some guys grabbed me. Hey doll, wanna introduce yourself? Leave me alone, I said trying to get out of their grasp. Why are you so boring? Come with us. Let's have some fun. Hey, the lady said she didn't want to talk to you, said Johnson, and he got into a fight with these guys. He quickly scattered them and then asked me if I was all right. I was really scared, but I was also shocked, which made me speechless for a moment. And then my dad showed up at the wrong time to pick me up. He saw me next to Johnson. Hands off my daughter, Brandon. My father said sternly, Ah, so the princess is your daughter. The boy smiled. All I did was help her. Don't go within a mile of her, understand? Or you'll spend the night at the station, behind bars. I'd be happy to. I haven't been there for a whole week. Brandon grinned. I couldn't even stand up for him, which made me feel insanely ashamed. At home, my dad told me again to stay away from Brandon and reminded me not to hang out with boys until college. Otherwise, my schoolwork would suffer and any boy who dares to go out with me would suffer too. I'm sure my dad was serious about it. It was really boring at home. I finished all my homework. Dad was watching baseball on TV. I couldn't go out. Besides, I didn't really have anyone to go out with and I felt terribly lonely. I called my mother, but she couldn't talk to me for long because she was busy. In the morning, for the first time in years, I was excited to go to school. I found Brandon and thanked him for rescuing me yesterday. The best thank you is if I could copy your homework, he said. I didn't care, so I gave him my notebook. I noticed, however, that Brandon was having trouble reading. Are you a bad reader? I asked him. Yes, he admitted and blushed. Don't you like books? I don't have time to read. I'm busy surviving. 
Is there a desert island around here? I joke. I don't have a home. Brandon answered calmly. My parents abandoned me, and I ran away from the orphanage a long time ago. They weren't treating me well. My heart sank, and in a rush of emotion, I hugged Brandon. I started rambling about how I didn't know about his situation, and that I was sorry that this happened to him. And Brandon responded with a smile, saying that it was okay. I looked at him from a different perspective. He has no parents. Nobody cares about him. That's why he's acting like this. Maybe he's trying to get in trouble on purpose to spend the night at dad's station because it's warmer there after all. I told my dad about it. He said he knew perfectly well that Johnson didn't have a home or parents. But what bothers me more is that you started hanging out with him. Leslie, what did I tell you? He'll screw you over. You'll cry over him. I agreed with dad and started avoiding Brandon, even though it was really hard. The guy kept calling me princess, which I loved and tried to start a conversation. I couldn't resist, and we started chatting in secret. After school, I'd go to the town library, where Brandon would come and I'd teach him how to read and write. And in order to get him to practice more often, I gave him my old phone, and now we text every night. I told Brandon that my dad controlled everything, even my texts, so I had to delete them. My new friend called him the dragon, who holds the beautiful princess captive. Well, that's partially true. And then Brandon asked me out. Dad was on the night shift, so I said yes. He took me to the park, where we could see the beautiful starry sky. And then he timidly took my hand. I blushed. My heart stopped for a second, but I didn't take my hand away. I never held hands with a guy before in my life. Suddenly, however, we were blinded by headlights. Leslie, what's going on? Why aren't you home? And what's Johnson doing next to you? We were just taking a walk, I mumbled. Get in the car, and you're going to spend the night in jail, you little shit. Gladly. Brandon smiled and winked at me. At the station, in his office, my father decided to have a serious talk with me. He decided to tighten his control, so he assigned a young intern to me, Rick. Now he had to watch my every move. I freaked out and went home. In the morning, I walked to school accompanied by Rick. The intern was sympathetic, but he couldn't help but obey my father's orders. I was embarrassed walking around the school with a cop. The kids were looking at me sideways. Everyone avoided me. Well, I'll never make any friends here now, and I don't think Brandon is gonna talk to me after last night. But once Brandon was out on the street, he texted me right away. I told him about my situation and the cop controlling my every move. Brandon promised to do something about it. And in the evening, when my father went to bed, Someone knocked on my window. When I opened the curtains, I saw Brandon. I immediately let the guy in the room. You're crazy, I said quietly with a smile. Dad is home. Yeah, but he goes to bed at the same time. I noticed that a long time ago, being at the station. Besides, I don't want my princess to get bored. I chatted quietly with Brandon. I went on to teach him. And then my friend confessed that no one had ever treated him with such kindness before and he wasn't even comfortable accepting my help at first. Usually everyone avoids me because I'm the school's biggest troublemaker. Princesses like you just look at me with contempt. And you, Leslie, are not like that. You're very kind. He took my hand again and I couldn't resist kissing him on the cheek. We texted in class and after school, we continued texting each other. Dad calmed down and finally got Rick off my back. He also noticed that Johnson hadn't been in a station in a long time. Meanwhile, I helped Brandon get a job at the car wash. You don't have to steal anymore to survive. 
My dad's friend works here. I made a deal with him. Your shifts will start after school. Thank you, princess. You're a real lifesaver. A few days later, my dad told me he saw Brandon at the car wash. He was surprised because the kid was finally doing something right and started making money. I was pleased. Maybe dad would let us hang out. I secretly brought lunches to Brandon at work, and unfortunately, dad's friend reported it to dad. He confronted me in front of Brandon, but my friend stood up for me. Your control has turned Leslie into an uptight girl. She has no friends at all because of your intern, who's been following her around. Everybody's avoiding her now. Not up to you, Johnson, to decide how she lives her life. I'm her father, and I know best. You get on with your work and your life. Daddy asked Rick to keep an eye on me again. Only now I couldn't go anywhere after school, so I had to stay home all day. Brandon would come over in the evenings, but his visits became rare because of his night job. He wanted to get a flat so he could stop looking for a place to stay every night. And then one evening, while Brandon was visiting me, my father suddenly woke up. He had an emergency at work, so he came in to let me know. He was furious when he saw Brandon and told me I was moving back with my mother and I will never see this troublemaker again. Daddy, no, please! I almost begged. I said it all, Leslie. He took Brandon out of my room and drove him to the station. The next day, I was sitting on an airplane, crying. I loved hanging out with Brandon. I really liked him, too. It was going to be hard for him to be without me. I mean, he had no friends and no support at all. My father told my mother, and she agreed with the punishment. She didn't want me getting involved with homeless troublemakers either. However, Brandon and I continued to text each other anyway. He told me he was having a hard time without me, and I told him I was bored without him. Sometimes we'd turn on the camera, and we'd go for walks like that. I knew I wouldn't see Brandon for a long time or ever, because we were separated by a few thousand miles. But I hoped that in a year, things would get better, because my mom and I would be back home, and I wouldn't be so far away from Brandon. But things didn't go according to plan, because mom was offered a permanent job. And of course, she said yes. I was devastated that I would never see Brandon again. He really stole my heart and soul. Several months had passed. Brandon hadn't returned my calls or messages for a week. I realized that he was bored communicating this way and must have found someone else. But then one day, someone knocked on our door. And when I opened it, I couldn't help but shout with joy. I immediately threw myself into Brandon's arms. My princess, I missed you so much. Me too. He said he'd been saving up since I left because he couldn't bear to be away from me. Brandon said he was going to live in this town now, to be close to me. My mother was against our relationship, and she and my father tried to convince me not to waste my time with Brandon. But he soon proved to them that he had changed, and my parents said we could see each other. Are your parents strict too? Write your answers in the comments. I'd love to read them. Bye! It just can't be. My life has never been so similar to a bad Mexican soap opera. Is it a coincidence? I hopefully looked at my parents. No, Goldie, it's not a coincidence. He shared his blood with you. Oh no, I wish I was dead. Hi, my name is Goldie, and I just recently found out that my worst enemy saved my life. I have no one to blame for that accident except myself. What a stupid idea it was to ride a scooter when you have no idea how to operate it. 
but I lost my mind when I saw this beautiful thing of mine in the parking lot of the school, or rather, two of my beauties, a brand new scooter, and my boyfriend, Duke. I have been dreaming of having an iron horse for years, and now Duke got me one for my birthday. I quickly jumped on it, my hands were on the rough black handles, and I almost screamed with happiness. I'll show you how to ride it. Duke promised, smiling happily, but I couldn't wait. I want to start it up. My boyfriend turned the ignition key, gripped the brake handle, and pressed the start button. The scooter's engine rumbled, and it sounded like the most beautiful music in the world to me. Duke put his arm around my waist. I'll teach you how to ride it, and we'll go for a spin. Why wait? I clutched the handle of the scooter with all my might and cranked it toward me. The iron horse took off at a speed far greater than I expected. After all, my boyfriend didn't skimp on the gift and chose the best and most powerful thing for his girlfriend. Goldie, look out! It was the last thing I heard before I flew out onto the road right under the wheels of a speeding car. That was how I ended up in a hospital bed. I was unlucky in one respect. I was not wearing any protection at all at the time of the accident, but I was lucky that the paramedics came fairly quickly. I lost a lot of blood, but my brain was intact, there were no broken bones, and I felt pretty good now, until I found out who helped me stay alive. After the accident, I urgently needed a blood transfusion. And once again, I was lucky. A suitable donor was found within hours after the information about the accident and the request for help had spread around the school. However, my parents and Duke shared the name of the donor with a rare blood type with faces that would have been more appropriate at a funeral. Here, my boyfriend handed me some papers. I ran my eyes over them and tripped over the most hated name in the universe. Sean Glams. It sounded like a verdict. My parents confirmed it wasn't a mistake or a coincidence. My worst enemy showed up at the hospital when he found out I needed blood and became a donor. Did you see him? I turned to Duke. He nodded. Yes, we ran into each other in the hallway. And? Was he gloating? You'd be surprised, but no. Jerk Sean was acting all sorrowful. Jerk Sean. That was the nickname by which all my family and friends knew Sean Glams. My war with Sean had been going on for exactly five years, ever since I transferred to a new school. And in those five years, the guy had proven himself to be a real jerk. He didn't like me right away. I got my ass kicked by that idiot as soon as I stepped into the building. At first, my parents laughed at Glam's antics, calling them odd signs of affection. But as time went on, the longer I went to Redwood High School, the less we joked about it. Jerkshawn used to bully me using the most elaborate means possible. He was irritated by my grades, my accomplishments in drama club, the car my dad drove me to school in, the friends I met on my first date, the handsome boyfriend who treated me so well. It was like Sean was angry that I existed. My parents tried to talk to Sean himself, to his parents, to the principal, but to no avail. The straight-A student and the face of the school was untouchable. The face! I would have called him something else. Why did he do it? I still couldn't figure it out. Goldie, what surprises you? Even an idiot like that can't walk past someone else's pain. That's right. Mom smiled. I bet he realized he wasn't being fair to you. 
Duke and I looked at each other, thinking the same thing. Sean Glamps came to his senses? Nonsense! Anyway, I gradually recovered, and within a few weeks, I was able to return to normal life. The class greeted me with applause. Yeah, congratulations to this arrogant fool for not ending her epic ride right in heaven. I was still angry at myself for my carelessness, but there was something else that was bugging me. I had to meet Sean and talk to him. I found my greatest enemy by the fountain in the schoolyard. He was flipping through his book, and when he saw me, he tried to duck out of it. Stop right there! We never really liked each other, but this time, my tone was so firm that he didn't argue, so he stayed where he was, looking down. I looked around, making sure no one could hear us, and asked, Why did you do that? What do you want? The guy looked at me with his angry eyes. I saw the paperwork. Why did you become a blood donor? You hate me, don't you? Sean was quiet for a minute, and then he blurted out, Don't be ridiculous. Do you think our fights are more important than a human's life? It just so happens that we have the same rare blood type. Those were the last words I was prepared to hear from this angry, jealous guy. Too bad he didn't think my ruined nerve cells were more important than our fights. Anyway, he did help me. As you can understand from the incident, I have always been a very emotional person. I was in that moment too, as I hugged a stunned Sean and whispered in his ear, Thank you so much, I owe you one. The boy wasn't lost for long. Quickly, he broke free of my embrace and left. But I don't forget a good deed that easily. I needed to do something sincere and big for my savior, like a thank you. And I had already thought of what it would be, but I'll tell you about it a little later because the story of the accident was getting more and more detailed. I still had to see the doctor once a week. Dr. Whiteman questioned me in detail about my well-being and studied the results of my tests. I felt fine. Only occasionally I complained about headaches. Everything is within normal limits. The doctor reassured me. The headaches will pass soon. The main thing is that the sensitive young man didn't hesitate to share his rare blood. Sensitive? I frowned. The nurse told me that he was not himself when he came to the hospital. Eyes frantic, handshaking, almost crying. Is he a close friend of yours? Closer than I thought, I muttered to myself. I couldn't even believe it. Was Sean really that worried about my life? What else could explain his strange behavior on the day he came to donate blood? After the hospital, I went to Duke's garage. My boyfriend liked to spend his time there, endlessly fiddling with his iron friends, his car, and motorcycle. It doesn't make sense. He shrugged when I repeated the doctor's words. Maybe Jerk Sean was upset about having to find a new victim. We laughed, but somehow sadly. Maybe he's not such a jerk? I said thoughtfully. Yeah, and I'm a distant relative of Barack Obama. We laughed again. That would have been nice. I hugged him and nodded at my scooter, which Duke was slowly restoring. How's it going? Pretty good. Almost no damage, just a bit of a problem with the brakes, but I'll fix that. We could joke all we wanted, but the fact remained that Sean had shown himself in a very different way this time, and I probably shouldn't call him a jerk anymore. After all, I wouldn't be able to hug my boyfriend and see my parents anymore without that jerk. So here was my plan. The first thing I did was go to the reporters of our school's YouTube channel. They of course were aware of my story and were happy to help. We filmed a short video that I was planning to show to the whole school at the year-end event. 
As always, on the last day of school, the entire Redwood school staff gathered in a huge auditorium to congratulate and award the very best students. Of course, no one could compete with Sean Glam's accomplishments. A straight-A student who created four terrific projects this year, the best in the city and the state, Sean took the stage to loud ovations. The principal shook the guy's hand. But I'd like to name one more, Mr. Glam's most important accomplishment this year. The principal nodded. The lights in the auditorium went out, and the video we shot with the reporters appeared on the huge screen. In my mini-interview, I talked about the complicated relationship that Sean and I had. Major enemies, pure hatred with no chance of a truce. But life decided to make adjustments. Who would have thought that one day I would be able to thank Sean so sincerely, to thank him for anything at all? The video projection of me wiped away her tears and smiled. But I'm so grateful to him for saving my life. Thank you, Sean. The video ended and the auditorium literally exploded with applause and enthusiastic shouts. Students and teachers chanted, Thank you, Sean, while he stood in the middle of the stage, white as a ghost. His eyes wandered from one face in the crowd to the next. Then he turned to the principal as if seeking protection. And then he turned to me. I was sitting in the front row. Stop it. I read my savior's lips. Stop it. Come on, young man. The principal patted him on the shoulder encouragingly. You deserve it. Thank you, Sean. The crowd kept chanting. No. I thought Glams was going to cry. I felt uncomfortable. No, no! The cry of the best student silenced several hundred voices in an instant. We all stared at Sean, unsure of what had frightened him. I didn't save Goldie. That's not what happened. Stop it. You don't know anything. The guy stormed out and ran for the exit. He ran past me with a twisted look on his face. There was silence in the hall for a few seconds. I jumped up from my seat nodded at the distraught principal and went looking for Sean. I found my savior by the same fountain where we first met after my return from the hospital. Sean was sobbing so desperately that he didn't even notice me approaching. And when he did, he took a step to the side. Go away, I can't live with this anymore. With what, Sean? I don't understand. It's my fault. The guy sobbed again. The accident happened because of me. I felt like I was hit on the head with a dust bag, as if the meaning of his words was making its way to me through a dense fog. I saw your stupid boyfriend bringing the scooter into the parking lot. He went off to look for you, and it was like I had lost my mind. I stood there staring at that damn scooter for ages, and then I went over and broke the brake lever. By the time I realized what I'd done, it was too late. But the accident wasn't because of a faulty brake. It was because I wasn't watching where I was going. I wasn't even thinking about slowing down. Of course, Sean was a monster, but he has already shown remorse for what he did, and I owe him my life. Do you think I should tell Sean what really happened, or should he continue to suffer from remorse? Leave your opinion in the comments. Your support is very important to me. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. 
visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.